right, hello everyone, and I'm about to welcome you to two podcasts in one recording. So this is the Nostalgia Podcast, and this is the After School Talk Podcast. Why? Because it's going to make it easier for me this Sunday. So on the Nostalgia Podcast, we have been talking about the first days of school. So everything that you remember doing for elementary or middle or high school and how you got ready for school, right? So we tripped out about Melvin getting on the wrong bus in the first grade. Um, we done laughed about Lisa Frank's school supplies, Trapper Keepers, um, uh, ooh, the one strap book bag from the Gap. So we've had all of this nostalgia of just like getting ready for school back in the day, back in the 90s, prior to all of this Instagram posts and social media posts for the first days of school that we have now. And so after school talk, I'm going along the lines of talking about uh, rite of passage intervention and the ways that school systems have to shift uh, their curriculums in order to really and truly like have a better, more productive environment and where students feel like they have a sense of belonging and teachers have to like feel like they have a sense of belonging. And so ironically on after school talk, I was going to get into the topic of freshman orientation and how just the idea of orientation um, is the foundation of really creating a well-rounded student and a healthy school environment. And then for nostalgia, we were going to get into our memories of our freshman orientation, especially being that both of us were HBCU grads. So originally we recorded the episode. I listened to a little bit of it and I was like, Mm-mm, this sucks. I don't like it. So I deleted it. And if y'all know Melvin, Melvin be on the ride to like go on the roller coaster podcast with me for one round a day, but he not about to record twice. So I don't know what he's doing, but I was like, you just go do whatever you need to do, sir. And I'm going to give this good old go again and make this one big podcast. So, number one, I want to shout out a couple of people. My trap twin, Devontae, out in Wilmington, North Carolina. Um, two of my line sisters, Ariel and Dominique. Um, who um, And also shout out to my mentor and his wife, Janiqua and Sean Haskell-Palmer. Um, I am going to be talking about different topics, but also utilizing these people who work in education um, or work closely tied to education, have children in K through 12 um, to get their feedback and questions as I go through these different topics. Sometimes it's where um, you, you could go live on Instagram and do things that way. That's just like a weird space for me right now. I'm, I just don't want to look at the camera and keep reading questions, but I do want to get feedback from people who I know. Uh, have a uh, good eye and a good ear for opportunities to use some of the things that I'm talking about, but may also have questions of like, okay, so how do, but what would I do if this, this, this happened? Okay, I hear you, but I'm from like from this vantage point. Uh, how do I make this practical? How do I get my parents involved? How do I get my students involved? I'm in higher ed. I'm in elementary. I'm in middle. And so um, my goal is to continue to grow and talk, especially on the after school talk part about this uh, foundation of uh, practices that I've been using that I'm, I'm currently using even to teach future teachers with, but just making the platform wider and giving information to more people. Make sense? And so because nostalgia was already about to talk about reminiscing on orientation, I was about to go on orientation. We can just make it one big podcast. Okay. Also, I found out today in church that some people didn't know we had two podcasts. Like I had somebody be like, girl, what? Wait. So yes, there are two. Nostalgia is one more fun, laid back, chill. After school talk, we go more into the hard hitting topics of education and ways that I feel using these rite of passage can make it better. Um, so let's start from the top right here. 
freshman orientation or getting ready for college, things that I remember. Number one, biggest thing I remember is getting ready for the dorm room. I wanted my bedroom at home was purple. Everything was purple. Purple is my favorite color, which is crazy because I don't wear purple. I just like the color purple. And I'm kind of growing out of that now. I am very neutral tone girl now but back in the day I love purple so my mom and I went and found everything lavender from pillowcases to you know the extra twin size extra long twin size sheets that we had to get uh lavender comforter plates bowls cups with lavender and you know making sure I had a little tv and I had a little tv that had the vcr attached to it so y'all let your little kids know that's how long it's been since we've been in college. VHS was still a thing back then. Um, so I had the uh, TV with a little VHS attached. Um, my freshman year, I didn't even have a laptop. I think I got my laptop sophomore year. So um, I do remember checking into the dorms and having to get an Ethernet cord. Like, you need your cord. It was a long yellow cord <laughs> so that we could plug up to the Internet. It was wireless was not a thing yet then. Um, getting your room assignment, knowing who your roommate was going to be, um, getting a refrigerator, wanting to have a mini fridge, um, couldn't have a microwave or a hot plate or anything like that in room, even though I know some of y'all did that, <laughs> definitely snuck those things in there. Um, but pretty much just, just trying to get all of my stuff together, right? So you know everything that you're trying to have in your room to make sure you're situated, to make sure... Um, you can get through the first maybe like two weeks of school. But then the um, other thing was getting my uh, thing in the mail, uh, basically saying this is what you need to do, have ready and prepared for freshman orientation. So if you do freshman orientation at HBCU, it is a lot of intentionality put into it. And if it is not, that means the professional staff of your school needs to rethink where they work. You heard me? I'm like tap the brown come closer did you hear that means they need to rethink what where they work because orientation at historically black colleges are truly a foundational moment to create well-rounded students to create students who are invested into the university or the college and they do that through what I call good brainwashing um, you come in and you know that you are loved, that you are special, that if you were admitted here, that means we believe in you and we want the best for you. But it's done as a very serious and uh, tone, but also leaves a lot of room for fun times, right? So you got those schools where the band going to be playing when you pull up, cheerleaders are going to be outside, um, the orientation team is greeting you with chants and cheers, people are ready to help you move, professional staff is out there, it's just... Uh, a week of, hey, this is us. We love you. Come be in our group, you know, split up in groups and all those kind of things. And one thing I love about our college was that uh, Palmer was intentional to make sure there was a theme to the year. So hence why I'm big on themes. I'm big on themes. I've been big on themes since high school. Anybody that knows me since back in those A.R. Johnson days with Spirit Week, themes are critical because it, it helps you to timeline wise identify when and where you were when this happened right so if i said to somebody who went in my who was in my high school class the class of 2004 and i said what year was the theme often imitated never duplicated they're gonna go this junior year we wore the red and black the shirts was red da, 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 da. and if i say class dismissed they're gonna know oh that was senior year because we want to do this whole class dismissed we officially done with high school kind of vibe right so that's why you're using themes to kind of help create this core memory for people. So when we was at Payne, one of the themes, I don't know who came up with it because this was my sophomore year um, where I saw the orientation team did this, but I was not a part of the orientation team at the time. I was a part of the orientation team my junior or senior year of college. But in our college hymn, 
there's a line that says hearts clean and unafraid. Okay. Somebody and I'm and whoever came up with it, Palmer, at least green lit it, or he came up with it himself. Probably he came up with it on him. Um, decided that that was going to be the theme, clean and unafraid. Now you may be sitting there going, how in the devil are we going to do clean and unafraid as a theme, baby? One iconic thing from that moment was the seeing the students do a photo shoot in one of the bathrooms of the dorm where they were peeking behind the shower curtain with like their shower caps on holding like scrubber dubs or you know a little rubber ducky or whatever and everything was about clean so the groups they broke up in was like dove and jergens and neutrogena um dial you know everything was a soap theme um you and you know, like think about that if we go further some of the giveaways can be something with soap or laundry detergent or laundry hampers like we had laundry hampers that said something like mom i'm home something like that because of course you typically bring your dirty clothes home when you come back to school so everything centered around this so when you got to school and find out like you're like yeah you're in the jergens group the jergens Jerkins, what? Why am I? Well, that's a soap. So we all are broken up into different soaps because in our hymn and cue the music, boom, we go. <laughs> because a part of what we had to learn in freshman orientation was the hymn. You got a week to learn it. Um, and, and so being dropped off to the school and being led by your peers was very important. This is a crucial rite of passage moment because this is where you don't know anything else than what these people are telling you. You have to trust the process. We build in this trust and this relationship and this bonding. And we have to ensure that we are there for these students, at least for these first couple of months of school as they get adjusted, right? Great, wonderful. Now, let me tell you how that applies into this rite of passage intervention. If you are K through 12, one thing I can guarantee you that you're gonna say is this, we do not have a template of a successful orientation for K through 12 students. What we do, open house. You got open house one night of everybody in pandemonium trying to run around into the school to find your teacher classroom, waiting in line to talk to the teacher, see where the desk is, what I'm supposed to bring, see how the school supplies, see if you can catch the principal if you one of those kind of helicopter parents that you got to talk to the principal on the AP before you leave. Um, make sure you got where they're going to get dropped off, picked up, uh, what the lunch line going to be. At. That's all you're doing, and then you leave. It is literally, what, an hour? Because, you know, it's, it's a drop-in style kind of thing. Maybe you're there for an hour doing all this, and then you go. That is not a way of really or orientation right so the only other version of orientation is those first few days in class with that teacher that you becoming um adjusted to that teacher and their way of doing things right well let's fast forward to high school that's seven different people and those seven different people may not be also ingraining what the overall school culture should be right right so some it's somewhere out there people have a handle on it a, a little bit but there are some schools who are like yeah that's one of the things bro we be struggling to trying to build the this way, this culture, but we never have time or put in time to do it. And I've recognized that over the years, I've pulled from that HBCU style of orientation so much with my students. But most importantly, one of the places I pull from is Morehouse College. Morehouse is the coup de grace of orientation. And now in higher ed, we don't call it freshman orientation. We say new student orientation because you could be a transfer student or already come in here with dual enrollment credit. So you may not be a true freshman, but as a new student orientation or Morehouse going to go through there. It is 
the most iconic um, style of orientation. Um, the one that has to me the most uh, seriousness, but elegance of really captivating the moment. Like they have this way of captivating the moment of this many African-American males are about to embark on a journey that's going to change their life. And we want to captivate it. We want to, we want to really push how important this is, how powerful this is. We want to empower our students and our parents in this process. Right. And it's so crazy. It's so crazy. Right before I started recording this, my one student, <laughs> my one student um, from my last high school that went to Morehouse just texted me, like literally just texted me. So I was going to text him back and be like, bro, I'm about to start talking about you on this podcast. But I was so excited for him to go through freshman orientation there or new student orientation there because I knew it was going to forever change his life. I knew it was going to change his life. And I, you know, even now I kind of recognize that he's come back home and gone and realizing like, yeah, I'm looking at the world a little different now. Yeah, you went through experience a very few that very few people will experience. You went through something that very few people will experience. And that kind of concept has to be applied in our school system. I don't care if you are Jamestown Elementary or you are T.W. Joseph High School. It has to be pushed of like only a few people get to experience the greatness of this place and you got to make the students feel like I'm so lucky and excited to be here. Same with, with the um, students. I mean, the, the teachers. Same with the parents. I'm so lucky and excited that my child is here. One school we see that also does that is Ron Clark. Everybody ain't. Baby, you get to Ron Clark. Y'all teachers be just as excited as the kids to be there, right? And so when you haven't crafted this and it's not a mandate that's coming down from the state or the board to really create a sense of belonging through scientifically research-based practices that are not watered down and boring. <laughs> Sometimes I'm saying some professional developments like, baby, that ain't going to make no kid feel like they belong here. That is boring. That's lame. That's not iconic. We got to be iconic in what we do. This is why we struggle to kind of keep those students invested into the educational uh, process because there's other stuff out there that's capturing my attention. I got TikTok. Why do I need you? We're using TikTok to Google stuff before we, we don't even go to Google no more. I'm going to go to TikTok and let somebody explain something to me in three minutes or less and then I'm good. Right. So how do I keep you invested in an educational experience when you feel like in the palm of your hand, you can do it all anyway, or that there's more entertaining and exciting things outside of this building? That's why you got to start off in this foundation of education, of orientation and say, we got to change up the way and the flow of that to where students are excited. They ready to get their stuff together because I'm about to go do this and I know it's lit and I know it's going to help me. And also what that does, too, is it makes it where the ones who need a little extra attention are you going to stand out. You gonna I you can spot them. You can spot the ones that need a little extra because their orientation will start folding and molding people. When you see somebody, you know, being rebellious against the mold, you can be like, hey, hey, hey. And then molding doesn't mean necessarily like assimilation and you can't be yourself and expressive, but just that you are at least walking away with all the resources and tools and trips so that you uh tip tips and tricks so that you can walk out of this school upright with your chest out and know that you um are destined for greatness. That's the whole point, right? So um 
as far as the nostalgia side, we're going to keep reminiscing and having fun and talking about all the kind of stuff. But on the after school talk side, uh, really digging into like what are some of those elements that we see in the orientation that could be branched over into K through 12, that should be branched over through K through 12, um, that even higher ed should do a better job of pushing if your school is looking to grow that sense of belonging and build that culture. And being able to have these other educators listen to it and ask questions so that we can really dig deep. And you you can feel like I can walk away from listening to this and see how to apply it and what I'm doing. That's the overall goal, baby. Yes. So I got a whole bunch of other stuff to do. We are going into the month of September at my job. And baby, whew, September be a lot. And that's my birthday month. I really, really want to chill. But I work in education. So, yeah, y'all know how that goes. Make sure you like, subscribe, share this with people. Share it with the people. Jesus. Get your friend to listen. Your coworker who needs some extra guidance. Get them, get them started on this. On both, on both podcasts. You done got the price with the other two half off. Buy one, get one free, BOGO. I don't know, but you got it. That's what you did. So have a great week. Talk to y'all later.